This is episode number 127 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're a DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're glad that you can join us from this special edition of the Homeowner Show, where we reach across the coast and have a local guest and a guest from the, the far west side of the country. Yeah, it's going to be good times. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's been a long time since we've uh, had someone remote. And I don't know if we've ever had someone remote and in the studio and in the working studio, yeah. on a project together. together. Yeah. This is going to be really, really cool, y'all. It's awesome. And we're live on YouTube. Absolutely. So because we're cool like that. Yeah. So can. take that other places that we weren't going live before. <laughs> we're live on YouTube. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cool. Um, and as soon as those other platforms pay us some money, maybe we'll think about going over there. Hey, you know, anytime people want to give us money, we will talk about you. We will use your services. Mm-hmm. We are usable. Well, we're not gigolos. No, well, <laughs> we're short. We're shortly. You gotta watch your phrase. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I'll Easy. be careful. Easy. Yeah. And you're only speaking for yourself. We're, we're not. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to talk about that. So I got to tell you, I, to, I was, I was rather ambitious this, this is last week. Okay. To the point where when my wife walked upstairs and observed what I was doing, mm, uh she said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I have a, I have a vision that she says that often Wait, because it would, what, what's wrong with you now? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. In, in this moment, yeah. what's wrong with you? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I gutted, we, we have one of those closets upstairs that's, it was just, jam you know it's one of those where you shut it to just hold everything in oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. and i was done okay so i completely cleaned it out oh and it all went in the the tea rash like or three what? quarters of everything that was in there just went right in the burn pile oh so nice yes wow and and like i have it like that, that may not be just ambitious that may be simply stupid yeah, well it was okay it took me all day um <laughs> no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fact that your wife walked in it's like what is wrong with you <laughs> <She> was, <laughs> how are you because i because i pulled everything out it was just everywhere on the floor oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she actually walked in before the burn happened before the burn happened oh, that's yeah. probably and, good for you you know and it was yeah so it yeah <laughs> It was a mess. Okay. It was a giant mess. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm also one of those people. It's like, like it just had to be done. And yeah. And I was just not going to stop until it was over. <laughs> and when I got done, I had like perfectly organized everything and set it. And, uh-huh. and like, I'm, I'm actually, I'm one of those weird combinations where I'm extremely meticulous, but I'm very laid back. So oh. like, if you make a mess, I don't necessarily have to clean it up. Yeah. But if I get it in my brain that that has to be done, uh-huh. it has to be done just so. Uh, I may know exactly what you're talking about. So, I anyway, may be that person too. I had it done just so, and she picked something up and said, I need to put this away. And no, 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 no. That doesn't go there. Right. This is the way the closet is now. Right. <laughs> Until your children find the closet, and then it will be theirs. Well, they know to stay away. Oh, okay. Just don't touch it, unless you need a coat. Then you can get a coat. Okay. And it better go right back on the same hanger and in the same order it was before. Now, is this on, is this on, the, our, our, uh, our guest from the far west will uh-huh. uh, appreciate this question. Is this on the uh, the main floor, the second floor, the second and a half floor, or the third floor of your house? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is on the second floor. Okay. Well, and 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 our 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 guest in studio actually finally got to see the the insanity that is my house. Oh, today? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So she might have some some commentary about that. Let's let's stop teasing this okay. and let's just bring him. So we we have homeowner show. 
veteran. Is that a yeah. repeat guest? Yeah. For sure. So we, we got we got Christy from Expressive Builders. That's right. And 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 Chrissy, Chris, Chrissy, Christy, golly, how could I mess that up? <laughs> Christy has connected us with this amazing architect. Why don't you why don't you go ahead and bring him in, Kev? Yeah. All right. So this is uh, this is David Applebaum and David. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, taking the time and uh, and joining us today. Let tell us a little bit about you and um, yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself to the world. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Craig. And hi, Christy. Hi. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, my name is David Applebaum. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and went to Texas A&M and got my undergraduate architecture degree. Decided it would be a decent idea for me to expand my horizons and looked outside of the state for graduate school and ended up choosing UCLA. And if you... S- Felt the weather here, you would realize why I decided to stay. Yeah. And the weather is amazing there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Not that I am not thinking about how nice it might be to come back. But <laughs> At least for the we'll pocket. We'll talk about book. that later. You can twist my arm later. <laughs> All right. We'll work on that. <laughs> well, and uh, Christy, thank you for uh, for joining us once again. And I, I have to tell everybody, like, we set this up yesterday and I called, I called Christy up or, or sent her a message. I was like, Hey, can you come like in like 36 hours and hang out with us? <laughs> and she was like, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why so, not? so welcome back, Christy. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I, I feel like a pro now. Like I could just come in and start setting all this stuff up because awesome. I know it all. So you're I know sp- where all the cords go <laughs> and whose headphones are what. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to be looking forward to the expressive builders podcast. That's right. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll subscribe to that. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Well, cool. So uh, we uh, we've got a really unique thing happening here. So uh, oddly enough, we we this all came about because of our friend over at around the house with Eric G. Yep. Um, we he put a post up and. David, you commented on the post, or, or, or Craig commented on the post. One of you commented on the post. And well, then- I, what it happened, I tagged Christy in it because she and I have both been coveting this faucet. That's right. And Eric has it. Yeah. And gorgeous faucet. Yeah. I'm in love with that faucet. I mean, we'd, we'd have to like, you know, refinance our house yeah. to get it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure he got it fortune. from someone who made it. But. Oh, there's no doubt that he didn't pay for that. <laughs> I know Eric well enough to know that he didn't pay for it himself. <laughs> someone sent that to him and said, if you'll put this up in your house and talk about it, we'll give it to you for free, which is awesome. Um, it's clearly working. But yeah, I think we've is. been talking about that faucet for, I mean, especially since the last, time I was on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think that's when it came up. And then Craig tagged me in that post to say, Hey, here's the faucet installed. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that David said, Hey, small world. (laughs) I know Christy. And we were like, wait, how do you know Eric? So it was just a big, it was a fun Kevin Bacon game. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm sure out of nowhere, uh, I, I, I just posted, Hey David, let's get you on the show. And he's probably like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so, uh, so we got connected, man. And it's, uh, it's, it, it happened really, really, really quickly. And we're glad to, uh, that you were able to, uh, take the time and get on the show tonight. So, uh, let's just, let's just kind of kick this off because the reason that we brought in both Christy and David is believe it or not, they are partnering on a project here in Houston. And so, um, 
I guess uh, I'll, I'll let one of you decide who wants to kind of discuss that and kind of tell how that project really began and how you two uh, became connected. Yeah, this is David's baby, so I'll let him start on how this project came about. <laughs> All right, cool, so, David. As long as I don't have to burp the building. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so, as you know, or as I stated before, I'm from Houston, and about four or five years ago, one of my friends asked me a question on Facebook about foundations in Houston because they're, the soil is very clay and it's, it's, it, if you don't know what you're doing, it will settle differently and your house will have cracks and it's not good. And so I answered that. And one of my high school friends, she wrote me and said, you know, we, our house was destroyed in the, um, uh, in the flood and we want to rebuild. What were you saying about the foundation? Because we want to be intelligent about what to ask for or what to look for. So I answered it. And then a couple of days later, she and her husband got in touch with me and said, you know, we're going to be interviewing about eight architects and we haven't done this ever. What do we ask? What do we say? How do we present ourselves so we can get the house that we want? And I said, because I'm a very opinionated person, <laughs> uh, the, the houses that I see in the flood zones, what I don't like about them is they just take like a monopoly token kind of a house and they just put it on top of the thimble mm. and they have big steep staircase and that front door is eight to 10 feet above the ground. And, you know, it's like you expect from the Monty Python Holy Grail movie, the French people to say, we are, we do not like you and we are going to throw things at you. <laughs> and and you know, I grew up in that neighborhood and uh, the sense of neighborhood and the kids running around in the yards and playing was gone. And I, I didn't like that. And so I said, ask your architects how they're going to incorporate a house that is eight to 10 feet off the ground, but will still have a sense of neighborhood. Mm. And she said, what do you mean? And so I explained some ways that you could do that. And they interviewed eight architects and a week and a half later, they called me and said, you know, we didn't like what any of them said. They didn't even understand the question. And we did, and we didn't go to architecture school. Would you be willing to design our house? And I said, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Cool. So uh, the first thing that they gave me to really look into is are with the FEMA standards. Because if you get it right, FEMA will allow you to get like a $600 a year flood insurance. But if you get it wrong and you don't do it the way they want you to, it can thousands of dollars a year. And they, she didn't want that. So I researched and I researched. And it's funny because they mostly show examples of this same thing that I discussed, which is just taking a stupid little house and putting it eight feet off the ground with a steep staircase. Mm. But when you looked at the rules, what they were saying was from the flood level down, it must be concrete, stone, steel, or glass. Exterior materials, no wood, no paint, no sheetrock. You, could, you had to park on the ground level, 
but you could have conveyance and storage. So I thought, why not make a lobby? Basically, I had a, 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 a ground floor that had a, an elevator shaft uh, and then a spiral staircase that went up to the main living floor, but the front door was on the street, on the ground, easy to go to, and you had this sculptural open space. And I don't know why anybody else hadn't thought about that. A lot of people will sneak. We're not telling anybody because they're not supposed to do this. But right. they'll put like a workshop or a man cave in that space. But it's got windows. And it's just, it's nasty. So I did something that was a little bit different. It was make the ground floor meet FEMA standards, make the second floor up high, and then just make it pretty. Wow. That's yeah. what I did. Well, that, that's a that's a great idea because um, we were talking about this just before uh, the show began. But but part of the part of the problem there is how do you be neighborly from eight feet above the ground? Right. I mean, how do you how do you have a friendship whenever whenever unless you're talking across balconies? Right. Um, and well, so or, so or unless you your that? neighbor is the center for the Houston Rockets. Well, <laughs> then he yeah. can probably look you eye to eye. But, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's like two people, so <laughs> yeah. you could have like. <laughs> we don't have a deep squad, right? <laughs> right. That's not gonna. That's not gonna take very long. Well, so I, I actually have a question about this this lobby. So the, does the the lobby? Because I'm I'm hearing spiral staircase around the around the elevator shaft. Does that then open up into the rest of the house? Yes. Okay. Uh, the uh, elevator shaft is about eight foot in diameter. Then the staircase, which each one of the treads basically seems to stick out and float from around the um, uh, the, uh, the cylinder, and that's another four feet. So that's a, you know that's eight feet plus eight feet. So it's a sixteen foot wide circle. We've actually got a seventeen foot wide circle and then that opens up into the main i don't want to call it the second floor it, it according to fema it's the first floor the garden level and it just opens up so we have to air condition it all together but other than that it's it's great yeah and, is it, and so everything everything below that i guess would just be like concrete or whatever else other materials that you you know that are exterior yeah materials. we have uh we have cement fiberboard we have exterior stucco and concrete. And the most important thing is, as I was setting this up, I was thinking, well, this would be a good chance for me to get a prefabricated steel frame. Mm-hmm. So it'll go up like that, it, like in a, in a couple of days instead of a month. And it's got to be steel anyway. And then we can use that to create cantilevers so the second floor actually floats. And you know, I was recommended to meet one of the top prefab steel is in Houston, who was Daniel. And as Daniel was so helpful to get this thing going, I would, I couldn't have done it this way without him. You know, it's like, I, I need a contractor who knows how to work with steel. And Daniel said, I think Christy would be good. And then I found out that Christy's background was designing and decorating. And I thought, wouldn't that be fun? to mm-hmm. work with somebody that's got that kind of taste level. And I saw her work and I really liked it both construction wise for being really well done 
and then the beauty level as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't just, you know, hammer and saw, but is thinking about what it's going to look like and inside and outside. And it just became a good match. Wow. So as I'm hearing you say all of these things, I'm thinking, man, this is a really special house. Yeah, it is an you amazing know? house. It, I mean, just in the thought process and the design and how everybody came together, because what David's not saying is Daniel is my husband. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's how we connected. So kind of how this whole show connected was kind of how David and I con- connected was because he was looking for someone in the, you know, pre-engineered steel industry. And my husband's been in that for over 20 years. So okay. if you want to know anything about steel buildings, he is the man to talk to because he has this amazing wealth of knowledge that is kind of dorky in a way, but, (laughs) (laughs) but he really, I mean, never like from when we first got married, when we were in our twenties, I never thought that he would have that kind of knowledge. So he deals with everything usually is commercial. He doesn't Mm. do a whole lot of, you know, residential, but when David came to him with this project, he was so excited about it because he's been wanting to, you know, kind of show how you can use that pre-engineer metal building in, in a residential way, but not as a barn dominium, as everybody calls them, you know, everybody wants to do a barn dominium, but they don't really know how to make it something special. And this is nothing like a barn dominium, (laughs) but it is a steel structure. So um, it's just really interesting how it all worked around. So that's how me and David got connected. So are these aren't like traditional, like I beams or, or are they? Yeah. Yeah. You have I I beams and you know, portal frames and all kinds of structural steel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's actually, sorry. no, you're fine. It's actually a very here. simple structure I, in I the mean, metal here, building. I, I, I have a model of it right here. Oh, cool. Which I don't know how much of it you can see. Yeah. But in see reality, it. it's actually just the box. But these things cantilever, which is what the seal allows us to do. So things pop out and then pop in. All because we had, if we weren't doing this with the pre-engineered steel, we wouldn't be able to pull it off. Yeah, you you don't you just don't see houses with cantilevers on them. I mean, you see buildings with them, yeah. like you know, like you know, commercial buildings, but you just don't see houses with cantilevers very often. Can you see the staircase and this right in the bottom floor? Yeah, you see, there's a little bit of a cylinder with steps coming through. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's. That's what we're doing. And, you know, I'm going to actually add that when I first was introduced to Christy, I thought, oh, he's just saying this because it's his wife and maybe she's good. Maybe she's not. (laughs) So I did I did some deep diving and it was okay. All right. This will be good. Wow. And also it keeps Daniel around because Daniel is (laughs) I, I can't imagine when you deal with steel pre-engineered steel companies, they just want you to do something off the shelf. Mm, You know, it's like, here's gymnasium A and here's box B. You can put them together or you can leave them apart. It's up to you. And Daniel was like, dude, what do you want to do? We'll figure out a way to make it work. And I was like, okay. So this project wouldn't be anything like this if it wasn't for him. Well, I would, and I would imagine, I mean, it, just because I-beams are not cheap. 
You know, and I imagine those guys have been conditioned to try and push people towards prefab because they know that that's going to fit into more people's budgets for what they want, what they you know, like what Christie's talking about doing like a barn dominium kind of a thing. But like these, these custom I beams, I mean, like, I mean, like I've, I've worked with some of these guys that manufacture these things. They're not, I mean, they're, they're not for the faint of heart. I know that. Well, and it, you know, it's a little crazy now because we all know since COVID happened, lumber prices went through, through the, the roof. roof. Yeah. yeah. So in, and that happens between the steel and lumber industry throughout the time that Daniel's been involved in that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes lumber's higher, sometimes steel is higher. Okay. So if you just happen to catch it at that time where lumber's higher, this actually, we kind of have gone back and forth as to whether the interior of the, the, the main living space was going to be, you know, lightweight steel framing or if it was going to be lumber framing. And at this time right now, we're still at lightweight steel framing because it would be more cost effective to do that than it is with lumber. Really? Right now? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because lumber's still, and- you should you you should add that on top of that we've all gained our covid 15 so the lightweight metal framing <laughs> yes. is just to slim us a little bit. that is so true I, I, actually, I actually told daniel today i was like oh you know i said i before i came here i was like does my makeup look okay i was like because they do a video and i said and then at the end they always take a picture and i said so i'll be able to look at the first picture and see how much weight i've actually gained since <laughs> i've been on the homeowner show <laughs> the, the progression that's right the progression. Here she was really skinny yeah. now she's got her little covid weight going we'll so. have to figure out a way yeah, to photoshop for, david yeah, in this. christy also i don't know if you know this but she gets in these cop but these weight loss bodybuilding competitions in her gym and i don't think she's ever lost Uh-oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i'm very competitive like that and it's weird because i don't think i would have I would have never called myself a competitive person, mm-hmm. but man, when I get in with these other women and it's like, okay, see who can lose the most body fat percentage in the next six weeks. I'm just on top of it. So <laughs> like, I'm like, watch out. Cause I'm totally going to win this. Losing to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, before COVID, I mean, we used to work out probably nine hours a week. So we were already, you know, very, it fit and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, of course COVID hit and gyms closed and stuff. So it kind of, kind of like takes the wind out of your sails because mm-hmm. you have to regroup and we've tried to like, you know, create a gym in our garage and it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. So, yeah. And, those, and those guys and then are I've still like struggling. injured myself like twice since yeah, the what, beginning what you, of December. What, can you, can you share with us your injury? So I decided that I was going to take up mountain bike riding because okay. I thought that should be something really fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. With all of our mountains. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In Texas. <laughs> Yeah. So the first ride in, on the trails, I just wiped out on this bridge oh, no. on, on my knees and just slid, almost fell off the bridge. So I had to have MRIs and all kinds of stuff. They thought like torn meniscus and turned out I just had like bone contusions, which is basically just bone contusions. <laughs> fancy word for bruises. <laughs> um, so as I'm getting over that, I, you know, I decided I could get back on the bike again. Yeah. So we go out on the trails and just standing, I was just getting off my bike and sprained my ankle. So oh, no. for about, I don't know, since beginning of December, yeah, I've been not able to actually do much of anything. Oh, man. You might need to think about Peloton. So, <laughs> I have a Peloton. So Kevin, and, Kevin and Craig, I need you to get Christy to swear 
She will stay off of her bicycle until our project is finished. <laughs> right. We'll work on that. That's yeah. Right. My well, mom actually you. said, I'm coming to get the bike. She was like, that's it. You're <laughs> not getting good. it. I was like, but I could have just like sprained my ankle just well, there you go. doing nothing. Mom still being a mom. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'll just tell you. You're not going to behave. People, so take it away. People come to this studio and have silly excuses for getting injured, they just need to get out, right? <laughs> uh, Here's looking at me. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, so, um, well, so getting back, uh, since we got way off track, yeah. um, getting getting back for a minute, you mentioned like doing stuff in your garage. So one of the things that I find really interesting about this project is that um, you're still going to have storage underneath in form of like your, your parking still on the ground floor like you would in a in a stilt home kind of is that is that the way that works yeah. yeah yeah it's not just garage either i mean there are actual real storage spaces like with doors that are separated so it'll be really nice because she'll be able to actually park her vehicles in the garage and then still have space for storage mm, okay yeah. hey christy we should we should we should have them come in for a uh, field trip yeah, maybe during construction yeah. and after. Yeah, that would be nice. That that needs to yeah. happen. We could that do it on site. No, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be have cool. you done a field trip yet? Well, we actually had a field trip planned before COVID <laughs> happened. It was going to be like oh. one of the coolest things. We we're going to go to like to the Austin area. We had a it was Waco. Oh, Waco. Yeah, and and we had a uh, <laughs> a family that. Uh, anyway, re- really cool thing. And, and then COVID hit like literally the week before we were mm. supposed to leave. And then that kind of blew up. So we, we, we've, we've done a couple of on sites with, um, with like the Texas Ag uh, Association and some, some different things like that. But, um, but we, this, did a, we did a live show one time from a, from a bar. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We actually broke it up into many, many different um, episodes and all of them sucked. So, right. <laughs> um, so don't go back and listen to it. Don't them. go back and listen well, to it. But, you, but it happened. You can't hear anything because we were in the bar and our audio was horrible. <laughs> so, uh, but we were, we were, well, I was just re- hoping since you, we got your first in house and West Coast show, yes. right. we'll do one of your first remote shows. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be fantastic. That would be awesome. Yeah, especially if we could uh, find a time whenever you're actually going to be on site, that would be pretty cool yeah. as well. I, I, if California my plan has always leave. been to come in once a month uh, just to kind of see how things go, but COVID has made that a little difficult. Yeah, plus we're a little bit we're a little bit held up with uh, issues from one of our consultants. Mm. Okay, but we're sounds like we're not yeah. naming that. Yeah, person. That's, <laughs> that's a nice no, way of, no. of saying no. that. But, but Christy and I are going to take very tiny eye beams. And uh, pay this person a visit. There you and go. See, see, the lightweight yeah, stuff, gonna, right? You can use the lightweight stuff. Oh no, not the lightweight. <laughs> we want to. We want to check the uh, the impact force. On, <laughs> I need okay. to know the reactions. That's that's the, that's what we need to know. Is the well, I, I do want to go ahead and uh, put up a picture here of it. Of uh, you showed me the model, but uh, the, and now y'all told me that this is yeah, it's like, easier to see. This isn't like a. Even though there's it's it's so there's some inconsistencies because it was a quickly done uh, third party uh, three dimensional drawing, but it gives you an idea. Well, and w- w- when you look at this, uh, I'll tell you that this goes back to what I said earlier uh, to you, Christy, about this is a special project because this does not look like the average everyday run of the mill home, and you know I think that there are probably a lot of builders that would kind of go. 
yeah, I don't want to do that because I mean, if you get it wrong or if you, you know, yeah. something goes wrong, all of a sudden it's like, you're, you're the person that couldn't handle the special job, you know? Well, like, and you know, yeah. I mean, whenever, I mean, of course I do a ton of remodels. You guys know that. So that is every single one of those is different and you're yeah. always learning something. So I'm like 150% up for a challenge every single time. Like, yeah, this is using a lot of unconventional stuff, but you know, with having Daniel, you know, there for us and, and anything that we might need. And I mean, after 20 years of hearing him talk about metal buildings, I feel like I could probably, <laughs> you know, make the steel myself, but, um, and, and we're using some really cool products on this. I mean, we're just really stepping outside of the box in every aspect of it. And I'm, I'm always for that. Like well, I, mean, I, I, I want to do whatever I can. I, can I, I want to sure. add one extra thing. Cause Christy, this thing isn't, costing what you would think for something that's so out of the box. We're actually staying within pretty much standard costs, right? Yeah. Wow. That actually was a question so I was going to have. You're calling it special, but it's, it costs the same. Yeah. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's blueprints, right? <laughs> I mean, you're still using blueprints. I mean, it's just kind of like, can I, can I read the blueprints and the architect puts them together correctly and you give them to the builder and the builder does what the builder right. does. And so, you know, it, it yeah. but at the end of the day, it's going to be something that people look at and go, this is special, yeah. right? Well, and in a way, I mean, new construction is a little bit easier. If everything goes as planned, new construction is is a little bit easier than yeah. remodels because yeah. we know what we're getting into. With yeah. remodels, I open up a wall and it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, I mean, the, you just don't know. So with new construction, it is a little bit easier because, yeah, like you said, we have plans to look at, although we don't, really call them blueprints anymore. Okay. That's kind of <laughs> Sorry. That, that tells you how stupid I actually am. They're, they're now black prints. No, probably. I will tell you though. Oh, is that what they're called? Like I actually, I don't know. no, I'm just, no, I'm just, I actually I know another color. <laughs> I actually know how to use a blue line machine that makes blueprints. Yeah. I, I, that was a job I had. So that tells I, you how much I had a similar job in high school. I worked for an architect and that was my job was copying the blueprints. Yeah. I hate ammonia. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do like, oh God, I had the yes. big machine that you just ran the vellums through and it would, <laughs> it would actually print it out on the other side. And then I'd have to bind them all together and stay. It was not the fun part no, of the no. job. Yeah, but. Which one of us didn't have to spend months and months, if not years going through that same experience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That would be me. I didn't have to do that. So. <laughs> well, get out of here. Why are you, you even on the show? If you work in an architecture office, the additional thing is if you're the low person on the totem pole before the days of computers, you were the one that had to at least two of the desks a day take Ajax and scrub all of the graphite pencil shavings yeah, yeah. off the drawing utensils. Oh, wow. It's as bad as ammonia. Wow. Well, what what about this house? Um, have, have we not discussed? Because well, I think there's I, a couple I, of other things I definitely want to get into. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just want to ask. I mean, from because I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it, and just I want to know what the, what what is the what would you call the style of this home? Oh, see, that's a great one <laughs> because the client wanted something that looked like classic, early modern architecture. Okay, but in today's vernacular so it's 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 modern um you know the the that very early and it's a california style of modern had mm -hmm. cantilevers and flat roofs which is what we have and we're taking advantage of the steel structure to give us all of those and really pronounce them mm -hmm. but uh, it's it's modern and 
let's uh, let's call it Houston flood zone modern. <laughs> I like it. Houston flood zone modern. That's pretty. Yes. That's pretty good. Is modern is modern typically the style that you that you are dealing with, or are you kind of go back and forth between different styles based off your client? Uh, I learned a long time ago that I'm a service professional. And if it's really beautifully designed, I don't care if it's modern or Mediterranean or French. I've done all of them. Mm-hmm. Now, in architecture school, we're all trained to only do modern. So I am I know it. I know it really well. But I actually love the fact that when I'm doing uh, a traditional house, like I did a house for Cuba Guinea Jr., and that house was a very English-style home, which usually has small, dark rooms. So I would basically design a modern version and a traditional version. Got to get it up here for you to see. Uh, at, at the exact same time, and then use the modern vernacular to make open rooms, but then use the traditional to give every room a sense of place. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. but well, I think I think any of us that are in the construction industry, we really – we really have to make, especially in design construction, you really have to cater to your client. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a certain style that, of course, I love for my my own personal style. Um, and in a way, I kind of try to nudge people in little ways <laughs> to mm-hmm. add some of those details um, because I think that's what keeps things current is if, you know, a lot of people want to do like right now shiplap and, and you know, like rustic kind of Mm -hmm. cabinetry and stuff like that. And that's fine, but they don't also realize that you can do a very, you know, sleek matte black modern faucet with that. And it's really just going to kind of keep the longevity of the style for a little bit longer right? because, you know, everybody gets stuck in these like, okay, I want shiplap. And then you do like 25,000 homes with shiplap. And then five years from now, everybody's (laughs) like, I hate shiplap. And so you're like, okay. So, you know, you just have to take those. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people always ask me like, well, what's on trend? And it's like, well, whatever everybody else is doing right now is what the trend's (laughs) going to be. And we'll know 10 years from now when y'all all all make me redo it again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in the, in the last, two minutes you just found out why i wanted to work with christy right Uh, there yeah thank you yeah well and and that we we've talked about this multiple times about how that you just don't i mean a a lot of people look at christy and like oh you're a female builder huh (laughs) like that's interesting but at the end of the day whenever you find out the fact that she's got interior design expertise not just not just a quality about her, but an expertise in that. And you add in a builder, like there's so much that makes sense because people say, Oh, I want this or I want that. And she, she has the ability to look at him and go, okay, I know what you're saying, but what if we did this? Yeah. And it would change. Yeah. It or would that's going to be awful. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes they'll say, I want to do this. And you have to find a politically correct way to say, please, no, yeah. you don't, you actually don't, don't want to don't do that. Do yeah. that. that <laughs> yeah. That's going to be awful. It's so, all, it's all about how you talk to the client too. I mean, there's ways to get them. I mean, you know, when I present designs, oh yeah, manipulation works yeah. really, really well. <laughs> I will make you do what I want to do. No. Um, you know, I mean, I always present stuff to clients like that I know they're going to like just because I've talked to them and I know they're going to like it. Mm. But I also present the stuff that I think is going to look fabulous in their house. So it's like this. Yeah. I mean, you could do this all day long. You pick this tile. It'll, it'll look nice. 
you know, I mean, but do you want people to come in your house and be like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I really want that. Yeah. That's what I try to get people to do. Sometimes they'll go for it and sometimes they won't, but maybe we don't push it on the tile. Maybe we push it in counter <laughs> hardware or something, yeah. you know, you're yeah. always trying to get them to just get outside their comfort zone because otherwise, why are you hiring, you know, architects like David or, you know, builders like myself, yeah. if you're not going to go outside your comfort zone, because well, and then otherwise would, you just hire regular normal yeah. people. I, I would, I would <laughs> imagine <laughs> not exquisite. People, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back or anything, but <laughs> It's okay. I will. Yeah. I will. Because it, the thing I really want to get done in this house more than anything else is Christy's a really good faux painter. I think that might be a lot of how she really got her start in all of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out the things that we can get her to faux paint and not just general contract. Yeah. Because she's so good at it. Mm. Well, and you have to realize like as an architect, David goes like above and beyond what other architects are. Like at this point, most architects are gone. You don't mm-hmm. even that here's your plans, I'm out. Well, yeah, I mean you walk in the office, you you have three to pick from and that's what yeah. I do. You choose this, yeah. y'all okay, they chose that one, now move on and they're on to the next project. But David is it's it's funny cuz David's actually like he'll call me or message me and say I just want to be there because mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of architect he is. Even in California, it's like he wants to go by the job site and see how things are progressing. And that's, yeah. that's how, you know, someone has a real passion for what they do is because they want to be there. They well, want to see how it's and that happened. Might, that might actually be something to kind of flesh out a little bit here that people may not be noticing. David, is that typical for architects to be like, I want to be on site. I want to watch this project come together. No. Or is it like I draw the home and I please go on about your business? I'm going to say something really terrible, but you know, (laughs) I went through seven years of school, three years of internship, and then had to take a professional licensing exam that takes, that that, that covers four days and is about 43, 42 hours of exams. And and it's amazing how many times you'll get a phone call from somebody saying, "What? But what's your price? Mm. Can you, somebody said they'll do it for ten thousand dollars in architecture fees? Will you do it for seven? Mm. Well, somebody's going to say yes, and the person who does it for seven is just going. One of my employees actually had a question, and he showed me. He, he came to me with the question and said, "But you can't look at the design." because I only got $6,500 to do it. It's a box. I know that you would have gone farther anyway, but I got a wife. I got a kid on the way. I have to make this money and then run. So he, it was just a box and it was bland and it could have been fixed, but he, he I get it. So I, my, I'm going through this roundabout way of saying uh, architects don't get as much money as you would think. Um, and so because of it, a lot of people just do a quick half-assed design, two plus three equals five, the numbers make sense, build it. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm doing a house in Beverly Hills, so we were laying out the pool, and the contractor said to the pool guy, if you have any more questions, just call David. He will give you an answer within two hours. And he'll be at the job site either that day or within 24 hours. And the guy said, what? But that's, I can't do it any other way. Um, You know, so. 
I think I you mean, can't see. <clears throat> I live in 200 square feet, and it's all black behind me, so you can't see that there's really nothing here. I, you know, that's, that's my life. <laughs> well, so, I mean, does that – but does that allow you to be real choosy of who you choose to work with, or, or, or how does that – how do you – how do you have the opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to work with you. No, I'm not going to work with you. Does it depend on the project? I mean, how do you, how do you go through trying to kind of determine who you work with and who you don't? Well, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you just need to do the work um, and you just try to make the best of it that you can. Um, but I, I do try really hard to pick my clients because if you don't pick a good client, they're, oh my God, it's just the worst experience. Mm. I, bet, I bet that's so, true. Yeah, I mean, you know, not I mean, every so, not every client is going to be, you know, the, your favorite client. But what we do right. is so personal. We do have to have a connection with those people. And so there are projects yeah, I've absolutely. done where at the end I was like, I should have seen it coming because mm. we did not have a connection. Yeah. You know, and but so when, it may turn out beautiful in the end, but man, it's, it's torture throughout the project. Yeah. When, when I was younger, I took jobs just to take jobs. Yeah. They might help my career, just stay busy. And then it, after a while, it became really clear. If you don't pick a partner in crime, it's going to be because the good clients, the ones that want to get as involved as you, as I do and as Christy does. Oh, that's, that's the best. Yeah. So you actually like it. Making a lot of money. You actually like it whenever the client is uber involved, rather than someone is just like designed this for me, and you know, I'll take what if you. If they're give uber me. involved in the process and not trying to make a statement, so you know, I think a lot of beginners and a lot of clients, it's the only thing they'll ever do, and they're kind of beginners. They put seven things where there should be just two, mm. and it's really it's so hard. I, I, I had a, some advice when I was in architecture school because I was very upset that I didn't take a direction in one of my projects. And the professor said, you know, we call this a practice because you never get it right. You just get closer to perfect every time. Mm. So I don't care if I don't, I may know three things that I could do, but if one really good thing is really properly executed, it's a stronger statement. So I'll save the other two for other projects. Yeah. Well, and I think I've said this on the show before, if everything's special, nothing is special. Yeah. So, and that's kind Ooh. of the way that I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, but it's true when you walk in a room and if you've got, like you said, seven really fantastic ideas going on. Well, your brain is on overload. It yeah. just can't focus on it. So your eyes need that resting place. They need a place, a soft place to land so that it could then move on to the next really special thing. So um, I think that's why me and David work so well together because we kind of have the same concepts in our yeah. head. Well, and we also know that that special thing is the warmth that we're creating, the comfort that we're creating, the flow. It, it's not... It's not, I mean, that's a great uh, faucet that we all got in, uh, introduced on, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, I, I, I could have a price. No, I don't like, I, I don't want to say something. Uh, I could get a, a, a faucet for one third the price and be just as happy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that, I think that's, that's also just kind of really knowing, I mean, I, I think that, 
I've I've been on a couple of different building projects for for built bigger bigger projects than a residential home, right? right. But but I think what happens a lot of times is is you <laughs> you you put out and you're like, look, we've got we've got we want to get this and we've got this much money, and you wind up getting one of two things, right? You either get something that you can't pay for, or you get something that is so different than what you actually asked for. It's like I can't work with either of these two things. So somewhere along the line, I think that's why it really helps to have the interior designer also be the builder and work with someone who is a good architect because these this there's a really cool marriage that happens between all these things where you go, okay, I know what your price is. I know what I can get you and here's what it's going to look like and it and it all just comes to kind of comes together differently than I think some people's experience winds up being. Well, I mean, but. David can attest to this. I mean, when we first bid out this project, it was beyond the client's budget. Sure. So, um there were some yeah. changes that had to be made, but I actually think that this house is better now yeah, than I it agree. was then. Yeah. So, those sometimes that I, is I was, the things we need. Uh, I, I, I was also going to say, so, sorry to step on you, no, you're fine. Christy, but, you know, at least Christy is honest. You know, you can so easily go for a used car salesman mm. who's the contractor or the architect and they'll say, oh, yeah, $500,000. I've lost jobs because the client will say I want a second floor and then I want this in the kitchen and I want to do this in the bathrooms and I want to do this and this. And I'll say, what's your budget? The, the $100,000 say, okay, you can do the second floor for 500 or you can do all the stuff on the first floor for 500 but this whole project is a million and I can't do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'll get a call a year and a half later and the client, I, I, there was a time that I was getting a call like this every two or three months. The client saying, you know, you said it was going to cost a million uh, we've been another architect who had his own in-house contractor and they said they could do it for $500,000. It wasn't pretty, but we figured you get what you pay for a million dollars for David Applebaum, 500,000 for this thing. We don't have a million, so we'll do it. We're framed and we're $450,000 already paid. And this is going to be a million and we hate the design. We should have listened to you. But wow. nobody wants to hear the truth. Yeah. And so you need somebody like Christy or me that's strong enough to say, this is the truth. And if you please listen to me, you will get everything you want and you won't go over budget. Yeah, that's 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 really great. Because like I said, if you I mean, because everybody has this, I think I think everybody uh, everybody that I know, at least, has this dream of like having something, whatever that is, whether it's a big house, a tiny yeah. house, an apartment, whatever it is, they have, an, a, they have a dream of what they want. But I think so often they, they don't ever realize their dreams because they don't they don't find the right people to help them get there. You know? Well, right. yeah. And I mean, and you know. I mean, with the whole budget thing, I mean, that is a place where you have to, you have to be honest with them. I mean, that's part of the reason why I like being a cost plus contractor because there is, 
I'm not making any more money on any other project. Every single project, I make the same amount of money on it. And so I, I, I don't know that a lot of people know that what that means, cost plus. So cost plus means that you're basically paying what my wholesale prices are for the work to be done. And then I put a markup on top of that. You just like the percentage yeah, that you So okay. you see all the invoices that I pay. It gets all uploaded to your account. There is complete transparency. There is nothing hidden in that. And in doing that, I am able, you know, even like with my remodels, I just had a client the, that I presented to the other day. Her, She wanted to remodel her master bathroom. Those are going for about $30,000. I mean, yeah. Um, so that's just the reality of how much it costs to do that. And when I went in to talk to her, her budget's 15. And I just said, we're just not going to be able to make it. Yeah. You just can't. And if you find somebody else that can do it, there it's, you're not going to be happy. Just like David said, you're going to call me back because they did a terrible job or they didn't allow for everything that you wanted or they took your, you know, deposit and left town. I mean, which, I mean, again, people, this is the whole reason that we started this show is so that you can hear that right there because I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard somebody say, I hired somebody cheaper and I was really disappointed at the end and then I had to pay the cheap and then I had to pay the expensive. Yep. So, I th- there's a there's a contractor here in Los Angeles who's considered the most expensive because he doesn't do a project that's less than ten thousand square feet. He did one for me that was less, but and um, he's actually one of the most reasonably priced contractors that there is. Mm. Uh, you can, you get s- such a fair price from him, and he's like Christie's very transparent. It's all cost plus. But he hires the best framer, the best cabinet guy. And so that makes it a little bit more expensive. But when you're building a 30,000 square foot house, Mm -hmm. you kind of can afford all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you do want you do want to make sure that your contractor has those those top people. people. Yeah. I mean, my cabinet guy is he's one of the best. No, mm-hmm. he's not going to be cheap. And I'm sure I've said this on your show before. I'm probably not the cheapest contractor, yeah. but you are going to get the highest quality from us. You know, I mean, our, our team is, is just amazing. And, yeah. and they are a team. They work for me every day. I'm, I don't just pull Joe off the street and say, Hey, build me some cabinets. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that's worked for me for every day for years. And no offense, Joe. Yeah, whoever Joe is yeah, making cabinets, I'm sure, I'm sure your guy. cabinets are yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue with. I'm going to. I'm going to actually challenge you on that, Christy, because you're saying you're not the cheapest. You might not be the cheapest in the initial bid, but by the time the project is over, and it's six months later, and the repairs of the cheap guy have been put in, or the new <laughs> contractor came in to fix his problems yeah. or her, because we all know that women can be contractors, right? right? <laughs> That's right. Um, I would bet that when all is said and done, your project was done sooner because there weren't mistakes halfway through. You stayed from the beginning to the end. And when all is said and done and you include apples to apples, I bet you are at the same price or maybe even less expensive no. than the guy who started less expensive. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It's totally true. And I mean, I just, you know, I mean, there's great contractors out there, but I just love what I do. I mean, I'm just so super passionate about it. And you're, I mean, y'all are, you know, I'm, I'm a female. There's not a, I don't, I've never met another female 
builder right. contractor before. I've tried to find somebody. I just can't. <laughs> 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 but um, I mean, it's a difficult it's a difficult position to be in, but I absolutely love what I do. So well, the, the phrase that you mentioned earlier, I'm not the cheapest. I've actually found that to be one of the more helpful phrases in our business too, right. just because I mean, any, a lot of times you can, you can sort of feel out a, a, a client that is, is price shopping, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so for me, it's always been helpful just to say right up front, like, I'm not the cheapest in town. Like if you're looking for the cheapest, I'm not him. Right. You know, and so if that's if that's the metric, I'm not gonna win. Yeah. But if you're looking for value, yeah, here's what I have to offer. Right. right. And I think that's the key word there is value. Cause you're right. Like, I mean, the value that you're gonna get from us. Yeah. Now, my value so may more. not be the value that you're looking for right. at the end of the day. And that's fine. Yeah. Because like like you guys are talking about, you want to get matched up with the right people. Right. Right. Um, that's not a good marriage. Yeah. Right. And, and you do. I mean, I have some people who, you know, they just say you're just, your prices are not in our budget. And huh? I say, well, cool. I, you know, <laughs> I, thanks for telling me. And then yeah. I have to move on to the next one. There's, there's no negotiating in, in the pricing when you're a cost plus contractor. So the negotiating you have is like, okay, you've got a hundred thousand dollars to spend and you, you're, you ended up at one twenty. What can we cut? You right. know, some things but, are just not going to get done. But, by the same token, somebody who's not doing your way and is doing a fixed sum, they're going to say, well, gee, the framing came in as a bid of $70,000. I need to give myself a fudge factor of 20% and then add profit. So that might turn out to be $90,000, $105,000 with framing. You find out that when you're doing it at $70,000, the client's only paying the seventy. Yeah. 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 And plus, I mean, I mean, there are sometimes when I bid a project because I bid projects out myself. I don't have the I don't have the guys come in and bid out projects. So I estimate everything on my own, and or I have an estimator as well. But um, we we do it in house, and so sometimes, yeah, I may say your plumbing is going to be twenty five hundred dollars, and it comes in at two thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. guess what? You just got five hundred dollars back. Yeah. You know. Another contractor that's a fixed price is going to be like, heck yeah, I just made an extra $500. Yeah. So um, there's advantages. There's so many advantages to cost. And and I think that there's something to be said for being realistic with what you actually want. Yeah. And like, and and, and maybe, maybe it's really smart to, to call someone and go, look, I've got this project that I want to want done. I really don't know what it's going to cost. Yeah. I mean, I I really don't. I I have an idea of how much I want to spend, but this is what I want. Can I do that for this? And I think, I think you're smart enough to be able to look at someone and go, okay, that's what you want to do. I I, I think it's probably going to, that's, that's within reason or it's going to cost you more, but I'm going to have to bid it out. But at the end of the day, like, like just ask the question. Yeah. Like, do you think I can do this for that? And and if and if you can't, then you have a choice to make. You either wait until you have more money or you find someone else. Yeah. And you I know? think David will probably back me on this too, is that, you know, in the construction industry, we're going to ask you what your budget is and yeah. you cannot be afraid to tell us what your budget is. Yeah. Like that's the only way I can tell you whether or not you can get what you want for that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes, yeah, you can get it for that. And sometimes, no, your budget's not in there. 
And it's just, it, people are so afraid of that question. When I ask them what's their budget, it's like, you see, they're like, they get all tense and it's like, oh, well, if I tell you my budget's $75,000 then you're going to come right. in at 74,999 and 99 cents. And it's just, yeah. that's not the case. It's just so that I can go, okay, they've got $75,000. Here's the priorities of what they want done. Right. We know we can do that for 75,000. Now, how much of the extras can we get in there as well? Yeah. And but I'm sure David exactly. has the same, same concept as well. Yeah. I, I had a client who said, I said, what's your budget? And they said, I mean, this was a big house. It was like $2 million. And I said, okay, uh, do you want to do a greenhouse or do you want to do a standard? And they said, oh, we want to go green. I said, well, then it's a 6,000 square foot greenhouse or it's an 8,000 square foot standard. Then they found out why green costs more. So they said, okay, <laughs> let's do standard. I did the... Uh, the 8,000 square foot house, it came in at $1,980,000. Wow. And we were plastered and the windows were in and the, and the country and the client said, Hey, everybody says that their project ends up costing an extra million dollars. And this is still 2 million. What, uh, what happened? Are we, when are we, when are you going to hit me with the bomb? It's like, you know, unless you get solid gold toilets, you're, you're at 1.9. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I have an extra million dollars. What can we do with that? Oh, wow. <laughs> so let me work on that. Yeah, I mean, there. I could use that. <laughs> well, David, you just you just sparked an idea in my head here, because at least in where I where I come from, what what I've been told over the years is like what's happening in California, just expect it to be standard in Texas in the next 10 years. So what you and you just talked about greenhouse versus standard house. What, what is the differentiation for you and your when you're designing a home between a greenhouse and a, and a standard house? Wow, that's a loaded question <laughs> because I'm so old that when I went to architecture school at Texas A&M, we were in the middle of having the gas crisis where gas went to be more than 50 cents a gallon. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those uh, monsters. So we right? learned all these <laughs> passive things. And the house that I did that I'm talking about, um, I, I had stone, I had all these, these uh, uh, passive uh, energy savings things that made it really great. But you have all the people that want to go lead plant. And that means you have to, you can't use PVC, and you have to use locally sourced products that don't come over thousands of miles and has to be for renewable resources. And what's renewable anyway? Yeah. Um, but there are some places that are even better at, 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 at their selection of uh, how they uh, cull what they cut and, and save and redo. But the point is, if you're going to go fully green mm -hmm. with with the no PVC and local materials, it's going to cost you more. Right. I mean, here in Los Angeles, you cannot design a house anymore that doesn't have, if not solar panels, pre pre wiring and and, and set up for the solar panels, mm -hmm. uh, electrical chargers for the car, or at least a 220 outlet for that. You can't have gas stoves, guts up anymore. They have to all be electric. They're going to have all electric houses. Interesting. Because of the solar. 
Well, yeah. it's kind of funny because I think every time I'm on the homeowner's show, we uh-huh. talk about toilets. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was it was its dirty cousin yes. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> the the very small thing that you're saying about California to to Texas is we we used like maybe two years ago here you could get a 1.6 gallon flush toilet right. And now you cannot do you that. You can't do it. Yeah. 1.28 is what you get. Now, there are still some in within the state of Texas. So if you're lucky enough to purchase from within the state of Texas, you can still get those. But uh-huh. anything coming into Texas can no longer be that 1.6 gallon flush. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, that's a tiny detail. What's the advantage? You, you said you can still get it if you're looking for it. What's the advantage? I don't, I don't, I don't really have a clue. What's the I mean, advantage? it just uses more water. So. I mean, is it better at actually? It will remove more the, waste okay. than. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that's a legitimate question. I mean, like, I, I'm just curious. Like, does it do a better job of actually, you know, removing what you put in it? I think, I think the best way to think about this would be it's the difference between a donkey and an ox. Oh. The ox can pull more. That's true. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So in this case, we're not pulling anything. No. We're pushing. We're flushing. Yeah. 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 But that's oh. just a very tiny detail. So. so again, the center from the rockets would not be happy. <laughs> Actually, I mean, for a while, I did have clients where they were like upset. They couldn't get the 1.6... But now it's it's kind of it's kind of normal now. So well, I think we're in a better place, right? I think we're in a place where we're like, okay, look. The more we can save, the better. I yeah. think most people are for conservation. I, I don't know very many people that are like, no, let's just, you know, every let's waste as much as possible. I, don't know. I think <laughs> I do know some I think, of those people. Well, I think some people that live that way, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think they would say it. <laughs> well, it's, it. It's funny that you mention that because our old buddy Eric from around the house, where he lives, they're talking about that they've they've introduced a bill that you cannot have propane or gas, anything. It has to all be electric and you have to retrofit it. Not oh. new buildings need to be made that way. If you've got a gas hot water heater and a gas stove, you have six months to replace them. Gee whiz. That's I, not fair. I no. heard his tirade on that and like, I'm, I'm with him. Like that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that, we yeah. got to be careful talking about him because he's watching right now. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is. A good guy. Yeah, he is. Well, uh, I, I've got a question here um, because you mentioned you mentioned Cuba Gooding, uh, David. I'm just curious, like who, who's some work that you've done? Do you mind, you know, telling us some some names that you've done some work for? I can tell you some. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the the first well. Jeez. I mean, I, I, the first person I worked for that was famous was worthy of being starstruck. It was Frank Sinatra. Oh, man. Um, which actually led me to doing his decorator's house. And I'm now doing that house again for uh, her son, who now owns the house, which is kind of interesting. Huh. Um, so I've, I've done houses for Bob Hope. Uh, Cuba Goody Jr., Diane Keaton, Sherry Lewis. Um, doing something for Seth Green right now. He's a very fun client. Oh, cool. Um, I there's probably others that I can't think of who they are off the top of my head, but you know, this is LA. Everybody's you know, the guy, the guy across the way, he's an actor who you've never seen in anything, but uh, maybe someday will. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and, and I would imagine a lot of these are not what people might expect people who are famous 
the kind of houses that we would expect them to get. You know, that's a really interesting point because the clients that I get are not the flamboyant ones. Uh My clients don't want pictures of the house taken. They don't want people to know who they are. Right. Their house is their home and it's very homey and private and, you know, shush, shush. Uh, uh, Not that I wouldn't mind I mean, I did a house next door to the house that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce moved into. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have had a chance to work with them. But, you know, I'm, I, I don't know how to specify bulletproof glass. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a silver lining in everything, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, Look, uh, you know, Beyonce is from Houston. How can you not like her? She's very talented. And uh, I will say the time that I bumped into Jay-Z, he was quite nice. Wow. Really, very sweet, very charming. Yeah. Cool. Just in I'm case sure Beyonce and Jay-Z are listening to the homeowner show, we want to make sure that yeah. everyone well, knows well, she, they're she, really nice She'd people. have to remember the time <laughs> that we worked together. So. <laughs> Yeah, Craig. Craig actually did work with her. Oh, once. really? Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, this was this was before you know people before knew she her. Was Beyonce? No, yeah. they, they knew her. It was um, what was the the, the trio she was in? Um, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Eric put a meme up or a gif or whatever right. up, and it said, of, it's, "It's such a small world, but yet I've never ran into Beyonce." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 people, people like her in particular. I think she's are very, very nice. protective of yeah. their families, and you know she's got she's got to get out there because it's her job. But you know it's it's tough. I mean, she grew up with a mother who understood the business and trained her really well. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard thing to do. I feel sorry for the kids of people like uh, Serena Williams. You know because yeah. She can't go anywhere without people stopping her. And you want your life. And when you become a parent, that's actually the challenge with what I do, because I try to make a house a home because especially here in Los Angeles, there's paparazzi. There's, I I won't, I, some of the people whose names I've mentioned, um, it's because they've had some serious threats to their health and their family safety. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I've done all kinds of crazy security features for some people. I was I was actually going to ask about that because I've I've been in some pretty neat houses that have you know panic rooms and and different things like that. Have you have you had to integrate some of that into into some of your designs? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll just say uh, I remember watching the movie Panic Room and thinking, "What an idiot!" Because <laughs> Panic Room needs an escape. Yeah. You don't yeah. know if somebody's going to cut. You know, every Panic Room needs to have a way to get in touch with somebody and, and escape. Yeah. So you're all real. I I, I can talk about this one. Um, A long time ago, I did a house for somebody who I am pretty sure was an arms dealer. (laughs) And he had a panic room and that panic room had an office chair with two handles Uzi's attached to both handles. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, those little magazine boxes for all of the the, 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 the bullet uh-huh. uh, yeah. uh, fabric, I guess. And the uh, 
chair was bolted to the concrete. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. And it had two secret exits. So, um, because with the first time I did one, I thought I was making a really safe place. And the security person said, all they have to do is take uh, gasoline and pour it all over the, ga- the door, light it on fire and wait for the guy to come out. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you're you're yeah, right you there. I had in no the, idea uh, you were going to get that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and you're right there in the uh, the boring company's backyard. Have you have you ever done like a tunnel going out of a out of a house like that? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I'm I'm asking because I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this was not anywhere near boring. What's so it? <laughs> um, it was it was you know a client that I, it had to do with. Uh, we didn't have a panic room per se, uh-huh. but we had certain places where you could access a tunnel system and just get away from someone. Yeah. So uh, did that once. Um, I did do a house that uh, that Elon Musk moved into and just sold. Oh, yeah, because so he he's moved to Texas. Oh, yeah, because he's selling he's everything. Selling all of them, he doesn't yeah. even want to own a house. Yeah. He just wants to come right. to Texas and lease a house. Which which one of his did did you do? Uh, it was a house on Shalon Road in Bel Air. It's the one that's where it kind of came up uh, when Eric and I were talking about. Uh, I had done this house long ago. Gene Elder lived across the street, and uh, I, I I saw him uh, in interesting circumstances. Um, that's, that sounds terrible and it really is when I first when I first moved to Los Angeles and I went to UCLA uh, I lived in the dorm so the graduate dorm because I was from a, out of town and I wanted to build a circle of friends and it was the Friday before school was going to start and um, some of my friends said let's go to a movie so we heard go to the Beverly Center. It's a brand new mall. It's got 10 movie theaters. Just take Westwood Boulevard, turn left on Santa Monica. When you get to Beverly, turn right. And it's right there on your right. So got the five of us in my car. We drove to uh, Westwood Boulevard, turned left on Sunset, got to Beverly Drive, turned right into Beverly Hills, went to the village of Beverly Hills. First time I'd been there, it was Fabulous. So there's all these great stores, and it was, it was, I mean, it was Beverly is one street over for Rodeo, so it's not quite Rodeo Drive, but it's almost as good. And then we ran out of town. It was like, oh, we must have been so starstruck with Beverly Hills. We missed it. Let's turn around. So we turned around. There was no Beverly Center. And then we went past. So maybe we're supposed to turn left, heard incorrectly. So we, tur- we kept on going straight, went all the way to the Beverly Hills Hotel and mountains. And it was like, well, this isn't right. So we turned back around. And by the time we got back to Santa Monica, there was a couple holding hands, walking along Santa Monica Boulevard. There's a beautiful sculpture garden along Santa Monica Boulevard. So I stopped. I rolled down my window and I said, excuse me, uh, we're lost. It was Gene Wilder. <laughs> and... Um, and um, Rosanna, Rosanna, and why am I having uh, Gilda, um, right? Gilda Radner. They yeah. just started dating, and it was before the days of paparazzi. Oh, wow. And they could enjoy themselves. 
but I'm looking at, you know, two of the comedy icons that made me laugh for years. And Jimmy Walter walks into the street up to my window and sticks his head down. And I'm doing the check and hum and hum And he says, uh, did you say you were lost? It's like, uh, I, Beverly Center. And Gilda screamed. And I look over and she's on the ground laughing. And Jane looks at me laughing. He says, we were just talking. Why would a city have Beverly Drive one block away from Beverly Boulevard? Next light, that's where you're supposed to turn right. Not this one. <laughs> oh, I felt so stupid. And Gilda walks over and says, two words for you, Tex, because I text his license plates. He said, um, uh, 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 Thomas Guide. It was a, a map book that was about like this big and had like 400 pages. And you would look up in the appendix where your address was. It would tell you page 492, 7B, and you'd find it. And then you'd work your way. That was before these kids nowadays with their GPS. They have key no map. idea. Yeah, I was going to say key map. It was the same thing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I we drive there and we get to the, and I'm just, for years, I'm thinking, I met Gene Wilder, I met Gilda Radner, and I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm starting to work on this house in Bel Air, and it's up a hill, and the soil is horrible. It's terrible fill. And in the end, what we had to do was take all of the topsoil off about 6 to 12 feet, depending on where it was, build retaining walls into the bedrock, and then put the dirt back on it to the exact um, uh, profile that it was before, but now it's stable. Right. But in order to do that and move that much dirt, you need to get permission from every neighbor within 300 feet, which in Bel Air is five neighbors. Wow. Um, and so, like, well, I, the client was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to piss anybody off so you're charming david you go say hello to everybody and get permission. <laughs> so i go next door and i get permission okay and then i go across the street from next door i knock on the door door opens and it's gene weld oh my goodness <laughs> and without missing a beat he says so Still can't find the Beverly Center. <laughs> and I think two chances, two times an idiot. Um, two times an idiot. So, but you were memorable. <laughs> I, so I, I say, uh, yes, but in the meantime, I'm an architect now and I'm designing this house across from you and we need to do this. He said, oh, every time it rains, the hillside comes into our driveway. I'll sign it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so he then signs, I walk off and it's like, darn, another chance. I then go next door and I meet one of the most savage personalities I've ever met in my life. He's yelling at me. How dare you? What are you doing? So I say, well, Gene Wilder, your neighbor says the hillside flows into your driveway. Does it happen to yours? He says, yes. I said, sign this and it'll never happen again. So and he signs it, takes off. <laughs> All right. About seven years later, I get a call from one of my favorite designers here. It says, I got a job in Bel Air. Client's a little challenging, but you can handle it. 
I want you on the job. So I go in an interview and I drive by and it's like, oh my gosh, there's the house I did. There's Gene Wilder's house. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> so I go in and I do my dog and pony show and he hires me and it's like, oh, great. But from that day on, whatever I did, it was easier for me to turn left from this property and go in front of Gene Wilder's house, but I'm not ever going to. See that guy again. Two times being an idiot is enough. <laughs> so one day, things were a little challenging on the job site, but it was, and I was not thinking, and I turned left. I was like, oh, this, oh, he won't be, he won't see me. Guess who's at the mailbox? Uh. Okay, well, maybe he'll keep on looking at the mailbox. He won't see me. I drive by. He turns around, he sees me, and does this. Stop. <laughs> and it's like, oh, great. What now? So I rolled down the window and I said, I just so that you know, I have a Thomas guide over here. I know how to get to Beverly Center, but it's very <laughs> nice to see you. Can I, uh, you know, can I, can I help you? I, are we making trouble next door where we're doing the construction? And he said, no, I just wanted to talk to you. Do you remember the last time? that we saw each other and you came to the door said, nobody knew this, but Gilda was very ill and she actually passed away a month later. And after I was finished with you, I went into the room and I said, can I get you a cup of tea? And she said, I heard you laughing. What was so funny? And he said, do you remember the guy who couldn't find the Beverly center when we first started dating? He came to the door so I gave him some crap and I said, hey, can't find the Beverly Center? <laughs> and then he said, that was maybe the last time she'd laughed before she passed. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And I just, um, uh, I'm very sorry for your loss. If you ever need anything, here's my card. And I drove off as soon as I could and pulled around the corner, pulled the car over to the side and maybe for six minutes cried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all those times I thought I was being an idiot, I actually maybe made somebody's life just a tiny bit better. But yeah. uh, that's my best Hollywood story. <laughs> I, wow. I, that's amazing. Like you, you, you don't really ever know how it is that you affect the world around you in those in those small interactions. And yeah, and that to him that was that was probably like the best part of his year almost was to see her laugh just before she went. Yeah, well, and, 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 I, I, and I think that I, I, I think that I think that this really kind of puts a really nice bookend on what we're what we've been talking about tonight, and that is that I, I think one of the best things that we can do as people in life is uh, do things for other people that make them happy, right? Do things for other people that make them feel more of a person than they did before they talked with you and spoke with you. And I think one of the things you're doing for this family that you're building this house for right now is you're giving them an opportunity to never have to worry about a flood again. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're going to be forever, forever grateful for the two of you. Um, not because you're Christy and you're David, but because you provided something for them that is going to do exactly what you said, David, you're going to make their house a home and it's going to be something very special for them. So, um, you know, thank you guys for what you, what you're doing and that it's not just a a paycheck, but it's actually way more than that. It's, it's providing something for someone so that they can live their best life. And that's a, that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, 
And it's true. I mean, she has, she's going to have peace of mind. So, I mean, you, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You can't really well, put a price tag and, on that. And going back to what Craig said earlier, like that's one of the things that we, we just really want to do with this show often is we want to bring people in to help people, um, not get screwed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. We, we, to not get screwed out of, out of their money, out of their home, out of their, you know, we, we thought we were getting this and instead we got that. And, and how do we do that? We, we provide information and, mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully that's helpful. Um, but, uh, I, I'll tell you this, David, like, uh, Christy's already been through this, but, um, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode here and we can't let you get away with doing, uh, without doing the, the thing that everybody that listens to this show is so, uh, they, they just long for the moment <laughs> where they can, uh, hear the final four. The final four. That's oh, right. I thought I was going to have to pay you some money. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we'll take that too. We'll take that too. Okay. Well, these are the, these are the final four questions that we ask all of our guests. Okay. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick it off here. So, uh, tell me this, what's the must have tool that you won't leave your house without? Well, that's changed over the years. I used to have a lucky pencil, uh, but I hate to say it right now. It's the smartphone. Oh yeah. You know, being able to take pictures, I can measure from it. I can look things up. I, I just, I, I hate being so attached to it, but well, that's gotta be it. Well, we'll tell you right now. It's absolutely the most answered tool oh, on the show. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the number one answer. That's so funny. I think mine was a tape measure. Yours, that was, yours was a tape it measure. It was a tape yeah. measure. Uh-huh. But yeah. it's funny because every time I, I said this too, when I get on the job site, I always turn to one of the guys. I'm like, do you have a tape? Yeah. I have a tape measure with me in my car right now. I never take it out of the car and take yeah. it into the house. But you have it. Yeah. And every guy has one in on the job site. So what do I need to carry it around there for? Yeah. I just say, go. hey, That's can I borrow your tape measure? And then I usually have to make sure I don't walk away with it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like It sounds like David uses his his phone as a tape measure. Did I hear you right? Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I'd, I'd rather not use it if I can sure. help it because it's not accurate to a quarter of an inch. Right. right. But for something really simple, like how far is that? Well, it looks like it's, and then you, you use the, the, the focusing device and it'll tell you it's six foot, four inches away. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave now is probably really good at this too. Like I can look at something and I'll go, Oh, that's about yeah. seven and a half feet. And then they'll measure it and it's seven and a half feet. And I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually, I have a digital tape measure too. So that one's really nice. Is it one of the ones with like yeah, the, me- the memory? Great. Yeah. 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 It actually downloads to my phone. It'll, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, and I love that one because it, it's the same way though, because you have to be, you can't be super accurate with it just because you're holding it and you've got to make sure that laser is pointing exactly where you want to measure. But okay. for getting like some good measurements for bidding purposes and stuff like that, it's a lifesaver, especially if I have to go, I mean, I think mine does 165 feet. So, oh, wow. yeah. So if I have to do, you know, measure the size of a room, I don't have to like, with anything the beyond measure. that, you just need the wheel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have yeah. one of those too. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to keep on going here and ask okay. the second question. So what's a job you walked away from? And uh, lots of ways to answer this, but I'm um, just kind of curious what your answer might be on this. Yeah. I actually thought of two at the same time and they were both clients that you could just tell were awful. I remember one of them, uh, I asked the question that I always ask and we discussed, what's your budget? Yeah. And the guy looked at me and said, 
we're in the middle of a recession, dude. I can make any price I want. There are desperate people out there and they'll build it for me for any price I tell them to. And I said, thank you very much. I think you can find yourself another architect. There and you go. I left. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Because if you're going to treat the contractor badly, I don't want to work with you because right. I, it, to me, it's very important to team. I don't care if you're sweeping the floor. I don't care if you're the plumber. I don't care if you're the master craftsman. We all are in this together. And the ego is for the client's project to be done right. Not me. I don't have to be right. You know, I, Christy's great because she doesn't have to be right. She just wants it to be good. Yeah. And that's, I can speak that language. Well, and it, you know, that's part of what I always say about my my projects is I listen to every single person that's on the job site. Mm. And just like David said, I don't care what his job is or her job is. I want to hear their ideas because I can't think of everything. I'm not going to be able to, even me and David together are not going to be able to think of everything. We may have, you know, our tile guy may come in and say, Hey, did you think about, you know, finishing in this office yeah. way? And we're like, Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's how you really get like an amazing space is everybody on these job sites have they have ideas and if you make them a part of the project, then they have ownership in it and they feel mm. pride. And I want my, I want my team to have that pride because I think they do amazing stuff, you know? So yeah. I think that's, yeah. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Ownership. Yeah. Give them ownership. Cause you want them, you want them to drive by two years later and take their kids or their wife mm -hmm. or their yep. husband and say, see that? Yeah. I help make that thing get built. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my dad, my dad was a master electrician, so I mm. can't tell you how many neighborhoods in <laughs> Conroe that I've had to say, oh yeah, I've wired all those houses. And so now it's the same thing with Daniel is like with all the metal buildings, it's yeah. like, oh, that's one of our buildings. Oh, that's one of our buildings. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's go look at some of he's, my he's projects. He's going to go out of his way <laughs> yeah. with our, with our yeah. project. There, yeah, he's going to sure. be taking everybody. You both yeah. get to take, I mean, like look, yeah. your kids just going to be like, oh my gosh, both of you just no, stop. I, yeah. I, think yeah. I, I think I get more joy out of knowing somebody like Daniel is showing it to people Yeah, because he was so instrumental in it and He'll, he'll, you know, he's not listed as the architect or the builder, but for him just to say, hey, look, I had something to do with that. I, I, it makes me feel happy that he can be proud of it, too. Yeah. Mm. And, and everybody else. About yeah. Yeah. That's a trickle down thing. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Next question. Here we go. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Why? Listen to the homeowner show. Oh, <laughs> what a good answer. That's the best answer we've that ever is. had. That is. I don't think Man. I've ever heard that answer. I don't care if it's a liar or not. <laughs> that is a good question. That is a good answer, man. You win. That's right. Um, I, you know, I cook. That's what I do. Oh, nice. Awesome. What do you like to cook? Oh, boy, you name it. Um, I, I made... Uh, a risotto with lobster and Canadian bacon a couple of days ago. Oh that was my goodness. Fun. Nice. But I also uh, just making a big pot of beans. Yeah. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. Dude, I tell you, a big pot of beans, that's that's a that's a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah, that takes some Isn't time. Isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, like, because like people I mean, like, because people just buy cans of beans and I think know. like that's what no, yeah, no, no, no. That this, is not right. beans. But the, it's probably because yeah. they're not from yeah. Texas. I don't know if the bean culture in California is <laughs> like it is here, but like no, it isn't. No, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. And I, so I have a 23-year-old son mm -hmm. and I 
from the time he was about eight, started teaching him how to cook. Right. And he's gotten really good. And I, I, I said to him, look, when you get older, the fact that you can play guitar and cook will really help you in dating. Yes. <laughs> so he, he showed me uh, about a year ago, he took a picture of something very fancy he made for dinner for his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I said, she must be really happy to have a boyfriend that can cook. And he said, I think she's more happy that I have a job. <laughs> uh, nice. I can afford the food. <laughs> That's <Maybe> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. Well, we are in the home stretch here. So here we go. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? I've had a bunch of really good ones, but I think the one that I use the most is make it simple, do really good simple. And once you've got that down, then add another element. Mm. And then when you get good, those three elements, now you can do four. Mm. And then you can do because I was very young. I was just out of graduate school and it was my first real job. And we did this really great project. I was the project architect for a famous New York designer who came in to do this free store in West Hollywood. And when it was all over, I said, uh, you know, I remember I saw your work when I was younger and it was all black and white and stainless steel and then had a little bit of blue, a little bit of red. I said, this has travertine and steel and it's got these uh, different kinds of woods and I, it, there must have been 17, 18 colors all in all and materials. And to do that is really difficult. And I said, how did you get so good at this? He said, you, you actually answered it. I did black and white. And when I got good at black and white, then I added stainless steel. And then when I got good at those three, I then added a touch of red and then a touch of blue. And then I started putting charcoal and deep browns. And next thing you know, I was doing textures. And before long, I got good at all of it. Don't mm. try and do all 17 at once until you've gotten good at 16. Wow. Yeah. So that's, so that's great. That's really good advice. Yeah. It's really easy to jump into things, right? And just be like, look, yeah. I can be all things to all people. Do what you do. And then once you learn how to do that, then do something a little bit more. That's good. Add a little extra yeah. sauce. That's I, right. I sometimes catch myself and say, oh, oh, I'm doing too many things. Mm. Chill. Get rid of half of it. Let's see how that works. And if it needs something else, we'll add it then. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, man, uh, Christy, thank you for uh, for joining us tonight. Thank you for coming into the studio. And David, thank you for uh, taking the time. I mean, we're, we're two hours difference here uh, between us and you. So thank you for for making the schedule work and, and being part of the show. I mean, it's, it's been really, really good. It was fun. Kevin, Craig, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I'll come back anytime you want me. Oh, that'd be fantastic, <laughs> man. We, we will take Christy, you up on thanks that. Thanks for making this easy for me. Oh yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> no, I, as soon as I saw like the circle, I was like, okay, you guys have to talk to David. because <laughs> You've talked to me enough, but let's, let's get, let's get David in here. So. Man, that's cool. Well, we, we definitely want to, 
find out whenever you're coming in next time and Craig and I will clear yeah. our schedules. Yeah, we'll make we'll make the remote stuff happen. Yeah. yeah that'll be absolutely. Awesome. Well yeah, listen, we, we forgot we forgot the, the secret fifth question to the final oh, yeah. four. We we gotta uh -oh. we gotta get it. Yeah. So there's there's a secret question that we, we have to ask. If people want to get a hold of you, ask you questions, what's the best way to find you? <clears throat> Oh, that's easy. I thought you were going to ask me, like, you know, what I was wearing. Um, <laughs> you can throw that uh, in there if you it's, want. It's very <laughs> simple. Um, uh, my email me, david at davidapplebaum.com. Um, I have to redo my website um, in the middle of it, but who knows? I've been so busy. Who can do that? Right. And then uh, you can call my office, which is 310 340-7855. Fantastic. Awesome. We'll link all that up in the show notes and make sure Thank people you. can, can find you. Yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, thank you guys. And uh, thank all of you who are listening. Those of you who are watching as well. We, we really, really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We heard every single Tuesday. So uh, don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Press the button. And that way you'll get notified every time there's a, a new episode out. And uh, if you haven't already, go find us on YouTube. We're over there as well. And you can find uh, not just the audio, but the video of these great episodes as well. And um, shameless plug here, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That would be really, really helpful for us. So anyway, we, uh, we're, we're just really glad that y'all are here. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. See you.